Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. pray. Father, I love you, and I'm thankful that you love us, and I'm thankful you loved us and came to us right where we was, and uh, God saved us and didn't just leave us there to fend for ourselves, but God, you have brought us safely thus far, and God, we have no doubts today that you'll bring us and carry us home safely, and God, and I thank you, God, for the word of God we've heard today, because we stand in the 11 o'clock hour. God, how we desperately need you. God, it'll just be loud talk if God you don't get involved God I pray that you'd get involved I pray that you'd interact with us in on an individual personal level God there's uh, there's there's different personalities and different hearts here and families and homes and God different burdens and aspects of life and different jobs and areas and God just all different things that we'll face uh, God differently and God and I'm thankful that you are a God that can uh, interact with us on our level, deal with us in our area of life and strengthen us to make us better people. And God, so I pray that you do that. Take Just take these simple thoughts that you've instructed in my heart and my mind and I pray that you would impact us greatly for your glory. I pray for the man of God, his wife, this church and what they're endeavoring to do for your glory. I pray you give them the strength to do such. I pray that God, you'd help the Beacon Baptist Church to stand as a light house in these dark days. Uh, uh, God, to be a lighthouse outside of uh, Columbia right here in Lexington. And, God, and I pray that you'd use them, God, in this town and, uh, and God, all the devils that surround it. I pray that would be a shining light, a beacon, God, of light in a dark place. And I pray that you'd have them to stand for truth. There's no time for compromise tonight. Uh, today, there's no time for quitting. And I pray that you would uh, uh, God, just help us to stoke the fire today. I pray it all. God, in the lovely name of Jesus, I pray you'd help me today, God, to be a blessing to your people for thy glory. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. If you got your Bibles, let's turn over to the Gospel of Mark today. And uh, the Lord brought this up, uh, brought this back to my memory in the beginning of the week. And uh, before we talked to Brother Josh, and I said, Lord, I ain't got nowhere to preach that. Amen. And then a couple of days later, God... And uh, I was able to get the phone call from Brother Josh, and our schedules worked, and I appreciate that. Amen. God knows what he's doing before we even do. So it does pay to listen to his voice from time to time. Amen. And I want to read, I'm going to read just a little bit of this chapter, but I pray that you would uh, leave your Bibles open as we look into the entire chapter. Amen. And then we'll be done. And uh, if it will be all right with you, we'll be done when the Lord gets done. Amen. And I don't want to cut him short. I'm interested in Mark chapter number 6 here. And uh, so it, it, this is a ministry chapter. Amen. There's a lot of things that takes place in this chapter. If you you'll read it, I mean, it's one thing after the other. And it, the, way it, the, the way it unfolds, it allows us to think there's not a lot of time for leisure or rest. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. And uh, as me and you are in the ministry, the work of God, and we all have different roles 
Lord's in the ministry. And I'll say this, that it would be good for us all to find our role in ministry. And there's one pastor, amen, and for this church, and, and that's your pastor, and there's no need for you trying to be him, and there's no need for him to try to be you, amen. There's uh, piano players and song leaders and Sunday school teachers and nursery workers and kitchen aid. And my friend, that when you find your role, you'll be fulfilled in that role, amen. A lot of people's not happy in ministry is because they're not doing the part, their role in ministry that God's designed them to do, amen. If God's not called a man to be an evangelist, he don't need to be an evangelist, amen. Find that role and be happy in what God has uh, called and, uh, and evolved you into being, amen. And uh, But ministry sometimes, uh, it, it has its lulls, amen, but uh, then it'll go into a high speed and there's one thing after the other and I want to kind of just kind of relate to some of those things this morning and look with me here in Mark chapter number 6 and I'm going to pick up reading it in verse number 45 and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before before unto Bethsaida and he sent away the people and when he had sent them away he departed into a mountain to pray and when evening was come the ship was in the midst of the sea and he was alone on the land and he saw them tolling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto the uh, and about the fourth watch of the night uh, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea and they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and saith unto them be of good cheer it is I be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gesenaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the, strip, the, the ship, they straightway, and straightway they knew him and ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick and where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. I'm interested there really in verse 52 where the Bible says they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hard. And if you begin this chapter uh, there's a report I'd like to talk about just briefly and uh, just kind of overview this chapter, but there's a report that begins to happen uh, in, in this chapter you notice that uh, John the Baptist has been locked up and, uh, for preaching the Word of God. Amen. Sounds like our day's coming real soon. Amen. It's when John the Baptist told him it'd be wrong for him to have his brother Philip's wife and they locked him up in the prison for preaching 
against uh, sin and preaching against what they were doing. Ain't it amazing how they don't mind uh, preaching on what everybody else is doing, but people have problems when you begin to preach on what they are doing. Amen? It's confront, it's confrontational. That's what preaching is. Amen? Preaching is supposed to confront you and I and demand a response. Amen? It's in our face. Amen? Isaiah said to cry aloud and to spare not, uh, to show my people their sins in the house of Israel, their transgression. Amen? It is confrontational and it, de it demands a response. And so he was preaching and had him locked up. His wife sure didn't like him. Amen? Didn't like John the Baptist and, and pushed him to getting him locked up and then at the right moment in time had him beheaded in the prison and John's head was uh, uh, was presented to her in a charger. Amen. Don't know what you would do with that, but she wanted it to be her mount, her trophy case, uh, that she finally silenced the preacher. Amen. And uh, But God was later going to have a lot to say and little to say to this family. But there's a report that comes in if you look here in uh, verse number 25. And she came in straightway with uh, haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou would give me by and by a charger of the, uh, in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his own sake and for the sakes that were with him, he would not reject her. So that's exactly what he did. But in verse number 29, and when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So there's a lot of going in and going out. But they, they've, they've come in and they've told him that John the Baptist is dead. He's beheaded. They've came in from ministry and, and all the things that they had been teaching where they had been sent out two by two. And they've come back. They've given the report. Now John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Lord, has uh, had his head cut off. He's been beheaded in the prison, and therefore there is a report that comes in. And it seems like any other report, like a missionary letter, amen, it, it has its good news and it has its bad news, amen. I, I'm thankful for a missionary that shares his good and his bad, amen. No poor mouth to me the whole time about all your bad things. Let me know some good things, amen, but I'm also not wanting to see in a, in a missionary's prayer letter, especially from a former pastor. I mean, I would rejoice to see a hundred people saved, but I told my missionaries I'm not expecting that in every letter. Amen. Amen. I'm not expecting a missionary to do any more than what I'm going to do. Amen. So if, I, if I'm, we're not setting the countryside afire in my hometown, I can't expect that out of a missionary. Amen. And, and, and amen. And so a lot of times they are under pressure because they feel like they have something to achieve. I want them to achieve the will of God. If the will of God is for them to just preach and 10 people be saved in, a, in 10 years, I'm okay with that. Amen? Amen. And so John the Baptist here has been beheaded. The report comes in of all things they have done and the things they had taught. And they've seen things good and they've seen things go bad. And that's the ministry. Amen? It's not a, it's not a smooth ride. Amen? It's got its bumps in the 
the road. It's got its, uh, it's, got its falls, its lulls. It's not all mountain peaks, amen. Uh, there's, up, there's, uh, there's battles, uh, there's victories, there's defeats. Uh, ministry is uh, not easy. A lot of people get out of the ministry uh, when they see the difficulties that come with it, amen. And uh, God was in, Jesus was in ministry, amen. Ministry is not just necessarily what I'm doing here today, amen. This is preaching, and it is a part of ministry. But, friend, the work of God is ministry. Amen. It's getting out in the streets and laboring. There's times when it gets dirty. Amen. There's times when it gets smelly. There's times when it's early mornings and late nights. But that is ministry. Amen. God has has things that we must do. So the report comes in. Then there's the reality that sets in. Amen. I imagine when they first got in into the ministry, when Jesus calls his disciples, that it seems like there's a lot of big things that's going on. I mean, when they first get called, Jesus tells them to throw their net on the right side, and all of a sudden there's enough that sinks two ships. Amen. I mean, it's one thing after the other. They're seeing dead people raised. They're they're seeing people come and they're flocking. They're just feeding and fixing to feed five thousand and with five loaves and two fishes. I mean, it's one thing after the other. Uh, but friend, when John the Baptist gets his cut, head cut off, uh, friend, if anything, that's a wake-up call that, hey, that could be us. Reality sets in, amen. And in verse thirty, when he says, when he, when the disciples told them all things, both what they had done and what they had taught, he said unto them, "Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat." Amen. So they were busy, busy in ministry. I mean, I ain't never been too, you can tell, I ain't never been too busy. I couldn't stop and find me a bite to eat somewhere or the other. Amen. But they probably didn't have Chick-fil-A back then. You couldn't just run in and run out. Amen. They were uh, taking their time and they were uh, in ministry. They were working, being busy, uh, always serving others. And that's what ministry is, right? It's, uh, it's serving others. And they're working and, and things are going on. And God says, we need to get apart. One preacher said one time, it's better to uh, get apart uh, before you come apart. Amen. There's times when uh, the preacher does need to take a uh, take a vacation from his work. Somebody help me. Amen. I ain't getting paid to say that. Amen. That's free. It didn't cost you nothing. Amen. And uh, but you need you need a time to break away from your job and your life. And, and can I say this? Even on a week vacation, your preacher can't get away from it. Amen. If that load is upon him and his family of the church and, and thinking of preaching and what to feed your family and praying for you. But he said it said to come apart, come yourselves apart into a desert place. That don't sound too much like a vacation spot. That ain't the Pigeon Forge, amen. Amen. That ain't Hug Fins ain't around the corner where they ain't stopping to get them some green beans and some fried catfish, amen. That's not, that's not where it's at. But God calls them apart to a desert place for them to take a 
moment in time to be able to just just to breathe, amen, eat a cracker and just, uh, just let their mind sit down. You ever been so busy that you said, man, I'd just like to sit down for a moment. Just let me catch my breath. And that's the way men, this ministry has taken place there. What's one thing after the other? And God says, let's come apart. But when they departed into a desert place, in verse 32, shipped privately, and the people saw them depart again, many knew and ran afoot thither out of all the cities. And they came together in him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were sheep not having a shepherd as he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far, far past. Send them away. Amen. And so you see this about ministry. They've been carrying the dead. They've been caring for the deceased. They've been casting out devils. They've been going and going and going and caring and caring. And the reality is they've been spending and spending and being spent. Now that they... They, God, Jesus is finally letting them going to have a vacation, amen, a moment, a time, and, and then more people come, and Jesus can't turn nobody. I'm glad he don't turn nobody away. Ain't you? Amen. But he'll turn nobody away. And uh, Jesus is moved with compassion and begins to teach and begins to care. And the disciples come up in the midst of all this ministry. Uh, listen, in the matter of all this ministry, the disciples come and said, send them away. Amen. Send them away. I, I want you to notice not on that ministry here, and uh, but uh, their uh, but their misery. Amen. Uh, their misery. They there's. A, I'll say this today that uh, whether you'll realize it or not, I try to be honest in my preaching. There's some miseries that comes along with the ministry. Amen. Uh, there's glad times, and I wouldn't trade my. I wouldn't trade those good times I've had in the ministry, uh, friend. For the bad times. I wouldn't trade that for nothing. I, I'm glad to be a preacher. I'm glad to be in the ministry. I, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad I ain't got to go to hell. Honey, I, I, I'm glad to be where I'm at today. I'm excited about it. I'm privileged and honored. But for us to say, you know, once you sell out to God, there's no difficulties would be lying to you today. Amen. There's going to be times where the devil's going to say, I, you regret it. And there'll be something in you that may never come across your lips, but there will be days when you said, why did I do it? Amen. I could have just been saved and never went out further. Never. I mean, I could just see Peter sitting here saying, if I just wouldn't have threw that net on the right side and tasted of that and seen of that, if we'd have just never hung up our nets, if we'd have never parked our ships, we could have still been good Christians. We could have still been, you know, loved God and honored God with our life, but on our ships, but yet we sold out and now we're tired and it seems like the more we do, the more it costs. Amen. And everything is coming and everything is changing and there are some miseries that comes with ministry. Amen. So I just want you to understand what I'm telling you today is that ministry is worth the misery. Amen. It is worth the heartaches. It is worth the burdens. It's worth the headache. Amen. The blessing always outweigh the burdens every single time. But there is burdens that comes with those blessings. Amen. Uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. You want a church that's full of God
God and full of glory, you better believe you're going to fight hell and you're going to fight devils and there's going to be spiritual hindrances. You're not. You can't think for one moment today that I'm going to take a step towards God that the devil ain't going to take another step towards you. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But when you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Amen. But the devil will not allow you to advance without difficulties and obstacles in mind and your way. Amen. He's going to trip. He's not worried about the complacent Christian. He's got them. He's not worried about the carnal Christian. He's got them. Uh, friend, he's not worried about the lost. He's got them. Amen. And when I say he got the carnal and the complacent, I I'm saying he's got them trapped. Amen. Uh, he's got them where he wants them. If he can't take you to hell, he just wants you to live comfortable and not do nothing for God. Amen. We can't lose our salvation. Uh, so don't think I, that's what I said. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he, he, he's won what he wants out of a saved person's life. You know who he's got his targets on? The one that's trying to be faithful in their reading and in their praying. The one that's wanting to do something for God. The one that's wanting to raise their kids right. Uh, uh, those that's going to a King James Bible preaching church. Uh, uh, those that's wanting to live a spirit-filled life. That's who the devil is fighting tooth and nail for. Uh, friend, so it, he makes sure, mark it down today. Uh, friend, serving God comes with a target on your back. Amen. I, I'm just being honest today. Uh, that's the reason he said we better get up close, draw nigh to God. Uh, take that shield of faith that it's able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's me know he's going to be firing everyone he can. Amen and amen. And he's a worthy adversary tonight. Amen. Yeah, listen, he knows how. He's got stronger men and women to fall on than us. Amen. He's, uh, he's got way more experience on the battlefield than me and you do. Amen. I mean, he's been around since the beginning of time. He was a created eternal being by God himself. Amen. And so he's, hey, listen, if he can get Abraham to falter and Moses to waver and uh, David to fall and Peter to cuss God, don't you think for a moment he can't get me and you uh, to fall in the same traps. Uh, uh, wherefore, let him that taketh, uh, thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. That's what the Bible says. Amen. There's misery that comes with ministry. And listen, there's always going to be another phone call. Amen. There's always going to be another problem. Amen. Listen, I've been a pastor. I know how we think. Amen. And so I just want to let you know. Amen. We went on vacation a few weeks ago with a pastor friend of mine. Our best friends in the ministry. We've known them for nine, ten years. I mean, that's just, I mean, that we click together. Amen. We hunt together. We fish together. We shout together. We pray together. We cry together. And God's allowed us to unite. But before we ever got on our cruise ship that day, a friend, there was already a phone call from somebody that he was worried about the whole trip. Amen. When we got home, there's another phone call that awaited him when he got off. There's always something going on. Amen. Is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. But there's miseries that come with it. There's, there's hard times that comes in ministry, and that's what God's teaching them. Amen. I mean, listen, they were routes taken. They were, they, they were going from city to city. Uh, they was going up into mountains. They were going into desert places. They just come out of a prison where they toted their hero out. Amen. That was, uh, uh, that was cut, beheaded. Amen. I mean, listen, they were going to desert places. They're fixing to come down. Uh, they're fixing to be, go right into serving those uh, uh, friends. 
too by uh, feeding the, uh, bread and fish uh, uh, to these men and women that's sitting there to come hear Jesus preach. Uh, I mean, there's one thing after the other. I mean, they're fixing to be serving way into the night and right before it gets dark, they're fixing to get on a ship and sail, uh, sail to the other side on the commandment of God, uh, friend, to what, what Jesus said, but Jesus wasn't going to be on the ship fixing to enter the storm of their life and Jesus was not there. I say there's a lot of hard times right in there. Sure. Hey Amen. I say there's some difficulties, but you know what I do find? Jesus was taking them there. And so just because there's some, some hard times come and the storm winds blow, a friend, does not mean God's not there or you've done wrong. They got on the ship on the commandment of God. God said, go. And can I say just because Jesus didn't get on that ship, they still obeyed him. And so the reward of that, uh, a friend, was just as much because they obeyed what he said, even though he was not there. And they were going on the will of God. You know what Jesus was trying to teach them? Uh, that there's going to come a day when you may not be able to see me, but you can hear me. And when I tell you to do something, you're going to do it. Uh, and friend, you'll be safe in the will of God. Amen. And amen. Amen. That's exactly right. And so you see the ministry, you'll see the misery and all that's good. And I, I'm preaching on that, but my heart is on the mistake. On the mistake in verse number 36. I mean, this is not what you'd want to hear your evangelistic team say is send them away. Amen. Send them, he said, send this. He said, send them away. I'd hate for. How would you feel? You come to your pastor for some advice, and the secretary met you at the door. He said, you, you can just turn around and leave. He ain't got time for you today. He's tired. Amen. You'd say, what in the world? Y'all, y'all with me? I mean, listen. If I called my pastor and my pastor said I ain't got time for you today, I'd say, well, hold up. <laughs> Amen. Not that I'm deserve anything, but I, I thought that's what you was here for. Amen. I, I don't beg. I don't want to be a pester, but I'm in a, I'm in a situation. I need some advice. Amen. He said, send them away. Jesus said, I can't. Amen. He said, matter of fact, instead of sending them away, he said, I'm gonna let them sit down. Amen. You you just you just you just log all this into memory because I believe we get to the end. I believe God's gonna have something for us. He said, "Send them away that they may go into the country round about and basically just saying, let them fend for themselves." Amen. But Jesus ain't gonna let them do that. He answered, said unto them, "Give ye them to eat." And they said unto him, "Shall we go and buy two hundred two hundred penny worth of bread?" And I believe this is running along with John chapter number six. And he says, "For they have nothing to eat." He says, "Shall we go buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat?" And he said unto them, "How many loaves have ye?" And go and see. And they said, when they knew, they said, five loaves and two fishes." And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when they had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed it and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples who sat before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments out of and of the fishes, whether that's one for each disciple, whether that was one that represented for each tribe of Israel. I don't know. It may just be that God was just always, uh, there's always more blessings after the burdens. Amen. There's, it just could be that there's always more than enough serving for God. Amen. I don't know. I just know that God was going to have some leftovers. Amen. And that 
they did eat of the loaves, which were about 5,000 men, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent them away. So you find the mistake here is that he said, send them away. You know what, what, what a sad thing it is, is that when you and I are in the ministry and you and I face the miseries, that we, we, our hearts begin to get hardened towards sinners and that our hearts get hardened towards other people that's going through difficulties because of our difficulty we'll make the mistake a friend of saying just send them away get our, our hearts begin to get hardened what do we read in the beginning was in verse 52 they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened amen they considered not the loaves you know what it does it is uh, there's an importance that goes in that is involved in what I'm trying to say today in this mistake is that when people when people in the misery that is in the ministry they face those miseries and for you and I are not careful friend it will make our heart hardened and you know what we'll say is we'll make the statement I'll never do that again I, I, I help them once but I ain't helping them again uh, I, I tell you what, if that family comes back to church, they're going to have to really, really hope the preacher because if I had my way, I wouldn't let them come in for the way they acted. Ain't no way our church ought to bend over backwards and help anybody else in the community. I mean, you know, we helped the last one, but uh, but look what they did. Amen. I know how this, and I know what I'm preaching this morning, and I believe I'm gun barrel straight today. Uh, uh, friend, the reality is, uh, uh, the, listen, and we, we can't expect the, the world and people to treat you and I any differently than they treated the Lord. Right. I mean, listen, Jesus came and poor, just fed these people and no doubt there was at least a few in this crowd that stood there in the, in the end of this very gospel saying, crucify him, crucify him. They all forsook him. Amen. You go to John chapter number 6. I mean, they were following him because of the miracles. But when Jesus said something about being crucified, friend, the Bible says they all walked away. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, will ye also go away? Amen. He said, will you also go away? Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Amen. Now listen, they all walked away from Jesus, but yet Jesus still over and over reached out and reached out and reached out. There was uh, the ministry. There was the miseries. There was the mistake. Amen. And it's very important that when we have our difficulties and we have our problems, uh, that we don't make this mistake uh, on getting hard-hearted towards uh, people. Right. Then it would be good for us to not get hard-hearted towards God. <laughs> Amen. They, they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Right. Leads me to think they forgot what God had done yesterday or today. Amen. I mean, listen, it'd be hard for me. I mean, it's hard for me to fathom to think of uh, how in the world they've just seen what God had just done. And now they're out here in the middle and they think that God won't come through this time. And you and I'd say, man, that's what, wow, what Christian is that? Amen. But God, yet God, it's the same thing in our life. Amen. Uh, that God has done things for us over and over and over 
and over again. Oh, but friend, you let a storm come into our life. Uh, friend, we'll wake up the next morning saying, I don't doubt God will ever do it again. Surely God won't come through again. Amen. And we consider not the loaves. Amen. Now, all I do know is this, that there was enough baskets. God had done enough work for every one of them men on that boat to have a basket personally uh, to be able to look back in days that's gone by and say, you know, God, if God done it then, no doubt God can do it today. Amen. Amen. And so you find there's the, uh, there's the mistake. Amen. They said they'd never get involved again. Amen. When we can never invest again. They got their heart, their heart got hardened. Amen. They, they said we're not going to ever do it. And, but then I find, they said we'll never do it again. But then I find there's this, in this mistake, uh, there's a miracle. There's a miracle. Amen. I'm glad that when we get our hearts hardened that God don't leave us that way. Amen. Amen. If you've never found yourself, uh, I mean, you listen, you ever, you ever read your Bible and can see yourself sitting there? I mean, I've read, I've been, I've, I've lived there, amen, read this text and seen myself sitting on this same ship, not thinking about everything God's done for me in the past and always focusing on the present. Anybody with me to this morning? I'm talking about, I mean, listen, we, God can do a thousand things for us and one thing be difficult. One thing brings some difficulty in our life and we'll forget every good thing that God's done and focus in on that one bad thing. You know why God does those things? You know why God has been faithful in the past is so we can believe Him in our present. Amen. The past, He is our promise. Uh, friend, that He's all that we need. Amen. He gets us through our difficulties. The reason we can stand today is because he helped us stand yesterday. And so there's the there's the, this miracle, amen. He he points them back. I don't know if the Lord uh, told them, said, look down at them bread, amen. I, I don't know, amen. If we just stay in this text, it may refer to that in another chapter. I'm looking in this text today, but uh, he looks at here and I can just see these breadcrumbs, amen. Uh, I mean, I can just see them look down. I, I just see them sitting there on the ship, maybe both sides, and uh, some of the disciples over here, some of the disciples sitting over here, and one kind of looks at the disciples. One kind of looks at the basket. One, they both make eye contact again and just hang their head in shame. Amen. They consider not the loaves, a friend that God had uh, was revealing to them. But when they look down, they recognize God's power. Amen. It was out of man's control to be able to take five loaves and two fishes to feed up five thousand. Amen. That's out of man's control. Man cannot do that. Amen. If you divide it in the, in the smallest a particle of pieces. Man couldn't make it stretch that far, but God can. Amen. These breadcrumbs, God can take something and make, uh, God can make something out of nothing. Amen. And that's what God was doing. They begin to watch and see God's power. Amen. And then he's beginning these, uh, and then the billows ceased. Amen. Uh, as the storm was raging and it was out of hand and it was out of control, the Bible says that the wind uh, in verse 51 ceased and they were Sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Amen. That's out of man's control again. You know what it seems like? Everything in this chapter is allowing us to understand there's things that comes into our life when we are trying to live right and do right and act right and lead right and have church right and just do our, lead our wives and children right, that there's going to be things that comes in our life that is completely out of our control. Right. They couldn't help John the Baptist got beheaded. 
they, they couldn't help these, they didn't have no bread. Jesus said, let's go into the desert place apart by ourselves, amen. They didn't have time to run to Walmart to prepare. They, they were going, they thought they were going to the desert place for them. Amen. Not for everybody else. I mean, and you say, well, that's a shame. Well, they, they've been about everybody else. They didn't even ask to go to the desert. The Lord said, let us go to the desert. Right. They said, Lord, we didn't ask for this, but you brought us out here, got our hopes and ambitions, everything like they were seeking to settle down, and now all of a sudden you want us to feed 5,000, not even all the money we got that will feed all these people. And breadcrumbs, amen, the billow seas. Out of their control. But uh, what I seen the other day was this is they thought they needed rest. But reality was they needed revival. Amen. And they thought they needed rest, but really they needed revival. They thought they needed rest, but really they needed a revealing. You know what to find here? I mean, look, let's read, the, let's finish out this chapter here. It says that when they were come out of the, strip, the ship, straightway they knew him. I don't know if it really had sunk in yet. I mean, the Bible says they were amazed and they wondered. And they were amazed in themselves beyond measure. I believe that's the Bible just telling us they was in shock. I mean, they just thought this was the death angel. They thought they were dying upon those waters that day, and the Spirit was coming to take them. That's what they were thinking. That's where their minds had gone. Surely they were going to die, and there's a ghost. Surely we fixing a pass in. And all of a sudden it says, It is I, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And all of a sudden it sits down, and when he gets on the ship, everything goes back to smooth sailing. I mean, mind blown, in shock. I mean, y'all acting like y'all seen this before. Ain't none of you seen this before, amen? We was on a ship, on our cruise ship the other day, and we got into some rough waters, and it wouldn't ever end, amen? I was hoping Jesus would step up on that ship, amen? Smooth sailing. I mean, listen, Jesus, just like that, they were in me. They were shocked. I mean, adrenaline's pumping. They thought they was going to die, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're, they're just sailing off into the sunset. Shocked, amen. And they, they were trying to process everything that's going on, and the Bible says they wondered. <laughs> you ever have something in your, happen in your life, and you're wondering, is that God? Amen. They, they're wondering. Ah. Uh, and they, they, but when they come out of the ship, straightway, the Bible says, straightway they knew him. I don't know if when Jesus walked off onto that ship, everything clicked, and they knew that was the Lord. I really don't know how it happened. Amen. But what I do know is this. Verse 55 says, and, uh, and ran through that whole region round about began to carry about in beds those that were sick. Well, they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him. They might touch it if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. I find there's beds that need carrying. Sure. 
God was working a miracle in their life, and this is what God gave me for you. I believe, I believe this is what God gave me for you. Is they thought they needed rest, but the reality was they needed a little revival. Right. Listen, your church, I've never been here before, and like as I said, it's a privilege to be here. I don't know how your church is. I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I don't know nothing. Amen. But what I do know is this, your church can be going good, but you as a person, as an individual, may need reviving. You ever went back to that prayer place and you said, God, I need a break. God, I need some rest. God, would you just give me just a week without something tearing up? Give me a week without something going on. God, just lift the spiritual pressing for a day. Let my mind have some ease. You ever prayed them prayers? You ever lived in that place and it's one thing after the other? Every time you're turning around, you're running here, you're running there. You get this phone call, this happened, that happened. We got this, we turn around, now it's that. You said, God, I need some rest. But God just like, God, don't hear that prayer and one thing comes in after that and you're saying, God, I need a break. But reality is God said, you need a revival. Because when they come off the ship and they saw Jesus for who Jesus was, it was no more about breaks. Jesus didn't say, go get the sick, the Bible says. And they ran whithersoever the Lord went. And they brought in beds and those that were sick and heard that it was. I don't even find where these men have even went to bed. You know what would make a man will do that? Is seeing Jesus. Amen. And focusing in back on the goal. All of a sudden, self is no longer as important. My needs is not as important. I know I'm tired, but hey, man, this is revival. Look, I just go on and warn you if you've had a busy week before, you're fixing to have one now. Amen. Boss going to try to get you to work late when revival starts. Amen. Everything's going to tear up, not at 7 o'clock in the morning, but right there about 5, 15, when you would already be home. Now you're stuck late working on everything. You better believe, you know, your wife ain't going to get gas, and you got to get on way to church, and the devil's going to say, well, she had all day to get it. But you know what I mean. Y'all know I ain't the only one. Me and my wife ain't the only one that fuss about them type things. Amen. You got to stop, and some, somebody's going to take their time, and you ain't going to get to the red light, and you're going to be stuck in traffic. It's going to be one thing after the other. Amen. The devil's going to say, won't you just stay at home today? I mean, you done been to church twice on Sunday. You done been twice this week. I mean, what more can he ask for? Amen. Yeah, that's what the devil's going to The devil's going to be right there. He's going to be talking in your ear, and he's going to try his best to get you laid out on the night that you need to be here the most. Um, beds need carrying. Amen. You know why it was important they had a revival? You know what that is, don't you? Revival. You know revival ain't for sinners. Amen. At least in my opinion, revival's for the church. Revival's for God's people having a fire rekindled. Amen. You say, well, every time I read about revival, there's people getting saved. Yeah, but a church got right before the end. They got on fire again. They love God again. Amen. They, they got their priorities and their focus back. And when they do that, then they realize, I love God. I got to go get somebody and bring them to Jesus. Amen. And that's what they did. Amen. They were, they were, they went from sending them away to bringing them here. They had revival. They didn't get no rest. They had revival. They just faced the hardest thing that these men had ever faced in their life. When they should have been, in, my, in our minds, looking for a holiday in, 
They were looking for somewhere to go get, get, to get Jesus to where they can get somebody that needs Him and can get them you know, letting their paths cross. What I'm saying is this is preached on the thought today on I must tell Jesus. Amen. We, we, we oftentimes will, in our minds, we may think we need a rest. And as I said before, we need vacations. I'm not against them. Amen. I'm against them taking 31 a year. <laughs> Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with taking a vacation every once in a while and getting away from it with your family and enjoying some time. I believe there's, there's a time to work and there's a time to play. I believe there's a time for everything. And there, you need those times. A preacher needs those times. But... Oftentimes we think we need a break from our, our affliction or a break from our problems, a break from it. We may just, instead of needing more of that, we may just need a little bit of revival in that time. Amen? Because this is what I find is that <coughs> that spirit within us will carry us. Sure. Amen? In those difficult times, the, uh, the adversary wants to tear down that spirit in you. <coughs> I wish I could quote the verse in Proverbs where it talks about how that how, uh, you can well, just can I paraphrase it? Is that all right if I paraphrase that verse? It says you can handle a broken bone, but nobody can handle a broken spirit. Right. Amen. You got to be able when the devil try to break down that spirit. Amen. You might break a finger of a soldier. Amen. He'll keep fighting. You all watch the same movies. Amen. Man, they can get, them military guys, they can get shot up and be shot in the hand and still firing their same weapon. But when that spirit gets broke, that's when they, they're, they're of no use. Right. You ever seen somebody that used to be on fire for God, but now they're not? And they're still healthy as a horse. Amen. But the reality is their spirit's been broke. Right. That fire has dwindled and they're just hot coals. I mean, just, just smoldering. They're, I mean, it don't take much if they can just get a little bit of wind back in their cell. Amen. Just get a little bit of fire, that fire getting restoked again. It wouldn't take much. And that's why you need church. Amen. Because Monday through Wednesday, amen, Thursday through Sunday, I mean, listen, there's enough to put out any strong fire in this world. But when we come back together, God breathes on those coals. Uh, the preacher puts wood on those coals. Uh, friend and it builds that fire and you work in that fire. Listen, there's things that will damper the fire I'm a friend to God. A friend, if we just find a place at an altar and say, God, maybe I don't need rest. God, I need revival. Amen. Amen. And they come off that ship and they, they knew who he was. They wouldn't wonder no more. Sure. They knew without a doubt that was God. They said, you know what, we may be tired, but that ain't no big deal. There's other people in worse shape than I am. Look with me. And ran through that whole region roundabout and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard it. These were people that could not get to Jesus. And they went and got them. You know, there's always somebody in worse shape than we are sure. facing some battle that's worse than ours. That's not belittling anything in our life, but to think that we're the ones that have it worse than anybody else. I believe that, that, that would be a, maybe an understatement. They didn't need a rest. They, they needed a revival. And things will come into our lives today that the devil is, you know, you know, the devil would love for you to take a break. 
I believe God knows when we need a break and when we don't need to take a break. And a lot of times we're saying, God, would you give us a break? And God said, if I give you a break now, you'd probably quit. Right. You, you, you'd get carnal on me. Right. Amen. I believe God knew when to give these boys a break, and it wasn't time yet. The time was going to come, amen, but they couldn't. They didn't need a break right now. And there's times when we need a break, God gives it to us. Then there's times when we don't need a break and we're wanting one, God won't give it to us. I believe God knows what he's doing, don't you? I believe we just need to just stay faithful and walk with God and trust his process to trust his time and quit trying to get out of the fire, but to stay in it and say, God, instead of me trying to get out of the fire, teach me what I need to learn in the fire. God, I need you, amen. Lord, I just rather see you. It's amazing. Listen, I, I know I've done went a little past over, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not say, God, get me out of the fire. But that's when they saw Jesus was in the fire. Amen. There's things that we may miss out on completely if we jump out before we give time God, uh, give God enough time to jump in. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll abandon ship, man. I'd have done jump ship and tried my best to make it on my own. I mean, listen, Jesus, Jesus put them on that ship and sent, sent them to the other side. Right. Amen. I, I, if that would have been me, I'd have said, Jesus is supposed to know all things. He knew this storm was coming. That's the reason he didn't get on the ship, left us out here by ourselves. If that's the way he wants to be, I'll get, I'll get off this ship. I'll make it on my own. And they'd have died outside of the will of God. But they stayed in the ship. And it may have been bad, but I could see them saying, if this ship goes down, it'll go down and I'll die on this ship because God said to get in this ship. And he said to go to the other side. So I'm going to stay in this ship until it goes down. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing off. God said, get in the ship and I'm going to sail to the other side or go down with it. Amen. Amen. Ain't that right? And friend, they didn't get out of the ship and God appeared upon on the water. You want God to appear on the sea of your life? You better stay in the ship God put you in and stay there till God shows up. Amen. 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 That's exactly right. God, listen, well, I've seen a lot of people wash up on the on the other side, never laying where they intended to land because they got out of the ship when God said, stay in the ship. You say, well, what about the time Peter got out of the ship? He said, Lord, if that is you, bid me to come under the water. But I ain't getting out unless that's you. Amen. And he well, yeah, he sunk. I, yeah, but ain't nobody else done what he did. What I'm telling you is today is that you and I need to stay faithful in the storms of life because there ain't no telling what we might get to see if we'll just stay faithful. Man, they come off that ship where they should have said, Lord, I need a break. They said, instead, they said, let us go find somebody so that they might get to see what we got to see. Amen. God help us. Amen. Let's have let's all stand every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm gonna let the preacher come in how he wants to. And uh, but uh, I don't know what God's done for you today, but God help us, amen. And God help us not to jump jump ship, but just stay faithful through it all. Amen. Thank you, preacher. I'm done. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>